Hello and welcome to the Movie Quest podcast. We'll be talking about films for the next hour or so. And with me here today is Aaron and Ant. And we'll be looking to finish off our Tarantino season with our joint review of Kill Bill. And at the end of today's episode, we'll look to rank our four Tarantino films we've already talked about in the previous episodes. Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And we will see which one out of the, the four is our best. So yeah, join us for that at the end of the show. Uh, and we'll also be giving you an insight into what we'll be doing in the next couple of episodes. Mm. So uh, without further ado, what have you been watching this week, guys? Well, just before we begin, I think we need to remind the listeners that I'm the winning champion for last season. Just so I've got All the right, crown at the moment. Flipping it, wow. FYI, FYI. So... What, are you, are you playing to win? <laughs> Always. <laughs> Obviously, no, if I was playing to win, I wouldn't have chosen Reservoir Dogs. So. Oh! oh! <laughs> I didn't check the way that. I don't know what he's, he's going uh, to pick. Um, and do you want to... Well, I mean, we we talked before the podcast, and uh, everyone was sort of chatting about what they've been watching, and it seems like Tumbleweed this week, doesn't it? Yeah, not much. Not much, not been watching much. Uh, I, have, I have watched a film. Go on then. That's right. Wow, you film. watched a film? Two two for two, boys. Two for two. Wait, so you watched Kill Bill. And you've also watched, I've watched film another film. Yeah. I've watched so I watched film. both Kill Bills and it Same. was just long, long films, so I didn't get a chance to watch anything else. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't have been able to watch the second Kill Bill because um, I would would have wanted to watch it with Heather, but um, I watched The Girl in the Spider's Web. Ah, okay. Oh, yeah. Which one is this? It's the most recent installment of the Girl With series. So that it's not the original language. No, it's it's American. Right. Okay. It follows not there's two there's two books out. Well, there's three three new books out. It's a completely different writer, but it's the first of the new writers. Hang on a sec. There's is new is it a new author has done a yeah. Is it so? Is it different authors for different yeah, books? Yeah. Um, oh, hold right. on. It's so the first author is Stig Larsson, and the second one is David something or other. That's so weird. You don't you don't ever hear that much, do you? Is it usually because uh, usually the authors carry on doing the same you know, sequels to their own books? Yeah. Is he. It, is it something I've ever heard of a book franchise? Maybe that happens a lot. I just don't read a lot of books, but that's, that's surprising. So he he basically I think he, Stig Larsson's wife was basically like not up for anyone taking on the. Um, the mantle but the i think it was the publisher um he was good friends with stig larson fought to have this guy david right. his name is david lagerkrantz um take or La- yeah it's lagerkrantz um take over the franchise um i'm essentially the, f- the first installment when i read the book it's actually all right it's not as good as stig larson stuff like but it's it's not bad but the film well that is something Okay, so when did this film come out? Last year. Oh, really? 2018. Wow, I didn't hear um, much about that, so it can't have been that good. It, it stars um, the lady from The Crown. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, oh, no, I do know this one. What's it called again, sorry? In the Spider's Web? Or yeah, go on the Spider's Web. Yes, I remember this one now. Yeah, okay, sorry. And it stars the bad guy in it is the also the, f- the female bad guy in um, Blade Runner 2049, the female um, android. And well, you know what? I can't even remember half the. So Cl- Claire Foy is the um, actress who played Libis- Lib- 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 Lisbeth. 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 Um. Yeah. So, 
I don't know. Right. First of all, it's you can't just you can't just make so there's because this is the fourth book, right? There's obviously things that you would need to have known before watching the film, and I guess the film sort of tries to catch you up in some ways, but then also it just assumes that you're going to be clued in 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 other ways, and I just don't think it worked. The, the person they chose to um man uh. Mikael Blomqvist wasn't that convincing. Like, to be fair, like um, the lady from the crime, like her, um, her version of Elizabeth wasn't that bad. It's just Rooney Mara did such a good job. Are these like, direct sequels to each other? Yeah, they are so weird. Storyline they follow on with different mm. actors and stuff yeah, playing d- the same roles. It just doesn't work. Why did they not get all the same people back? Uh, I don't know. There was loads of issues with David Fincher, and then obviously with um, I'm g- his names escaped me. So James Daniel Bond, Craig. Daniel Craig. There we go. Um, like with him being part of the Bond franchise, he's obviously a difficult man to get a hold of. Rooney Mara is obviously quite busy at the moment as well. Like I don't know. It was just there was loads of issues. So then it was just mm. never continued, and it sucks because those film that film was great. Um. Does it work? Film. Does it work as a standalone, or is it? Is no, it it's terrible. <laughs> okay, but does it, okay? Does it does it take stuff from the previous films and carry on the story for them? Yeah, or is yeah. It, oh right, okay. So there is a continuation. Yeah, and they change the ending right. and everything. Um, like, I don't know. I'm just looking. It's got <laughs> Stephen Merchant in it. Yeah, Stephen Merchant's in it. He's I always he's in it for usually a like bit. his little cameo roles. He pops up again. Like I feel like he might have auditioned for the role, and a lot of people in this film probably auditioned for the role for the love of the franchise, particularly Merchant, mm-hmm. because he just wanted to be in a film that was sort of involved in it. But he, so do you want to? Do, th- do you think he turned up on set thinking, "Oh yeah, well, uh, I've not seen Daniel Craig in a while. It'd be <laughs> nice to catch up." <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh. oh wait, mm-hmm. uh, where's, where's <laughs> Daniel? Oh, where's David Fincher? Is 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 it worth co- covering the story? What um, or is it just all similar sort of cybercrime? It's complex. Yeah, cybercrime. Yeah, so cybercrime and journalism. Yeah, I I just think it's poop. Okay. Um, the other couple of things, like sort of mini mentions that I want. Um, there is a very, very, very good TV program coming out tomorrow. They had two seasons. Each season ran for four episodes. It's based in London. Drake, the rapper, basically has <laughs> paid to bring the season back, or the wow. the TV program back. Can anyone name the TV program? I'll be very impressed if you can. Holt and Catch Fire has got more than four episodes a season. So it's so it's not that. <laughs> you didn't mention Holt and Catch Fire last episode. <laughs> I, I I scanned that when I was um, editing, and I was like, he did not edit. He didn't mention it. So well, I googled it, so I know where it is now. Okay, well, I'm all sorry. Four four episodes. Is it? Is it yeah. So it's had two seasons. It's had four episodes per season. Yeah, it's in it's it's is got. It, has it been on Netflix? It's been on Netflix. It's been on. It's a Channel Four drama. Um and it features one of the main characters is from uh So Solid Crew. He's what he's an actor, um also a rapper. I have no idea. Called Top Boy. D- the silence. I, I had heard of it, I think. Oh vaguely, boys, vaguely. boys, boys, boys. It's really flipping good. Like I'm not even this isn't like a Dairy Girls moment where like, you know, me and the rest of the world obviously agree on this one thing and you guys are like not choosing to get behind it. I, this I, I was thinking about watching it this week because it's a lot, had a lot on. But Top Boy genuinely is something both of you would be well up for. The two seasons, four episodes each. Can yeah. you give us a brief so, yeah, like, idea what it's the f- about? The first season follows like um, a boy who lives in a, a, 
on an estate whose mum has like mental health issues and it sort of follows his story getting sort of involved with the local gangs yeah um and essentially it just focuses particularly on his life and you start to see like how this state kind of functions in and around the sort of drug community and then the second season follows um Duchesne and Sully I think is his name so um and it more it's more centered around the actual gang uh, sorry gang culture inside this certain oh, right. estate in in London and then it kind of ends sort of on a cliffhanger kind of is it does it have anything do they like, talk about a lot of, like the sort of knife crime culture yeah yeah like, it's really like centered in like sort of i mean again i i'm not too sure mm. like but it it feels like it's quite centered around like it's like true to like london's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like sort of in the hackney area i think um, and a lot of these guys, like, and a lot of the actors and actresses that are, who are involved originally are from that estate. Right. Um, a bit sort of like The Wire. Yeah. And so basically, Drake, like, loved it so much that um, he, like, posted a picture on Instagram, like, of um, of the guy who plays Deshane, who I can't actually remember his name, and it's really annoying me that I don't know his name. Ashley Walters. Ash- Ashley Walters, yeah. He um, is from uh, So Solid Crew. Don't, don't forget that. That's a mm-hmm. very important name piece of information um but essentially like he saw his sort of face on drake's instagram and was like what and basically it turned out that drake basically had done a deal with netflix a couple of like maybe two or three years ago to revive the series and bring back the original cast and they've got um i don't know if you ever heard of the rapper called dave from santander I've heard heard him on the radio yeah he is he's he's in it and there's a few up-and-coming like actors and actresses and like um rappers and singers and stuff that are all involved in it and it looks pretty interesting. good this because it came i mean it was 2011 the first season of a series in 2013 it's, it finished up and then now it's coming back this year it's yeah just, it's interesting it's come it's genuinely yeah, like power netflix i wonder if drake watched it recently or if it was a while uh, ago it, he, he was it. watching it whilst it was on uh, apparently okay. like he was like super into it I don't think he expected it to end either. Like I was reading some like interviews and stuff with him, and he's like super amped. He's not really been involved. He just funded it and let like the original like people come back for it and stuff, which is pretty cool. Just looking at the composers, uh, Brian Eno seems to have done yeah a lot of the soundtrack. Is it is it good? It's flipping amazing, Johnny. I can't. I'm actually surprised that you don't. You've never seen Can it. Just, like, for people who don't know who Brian Eno is, what else has he done? <laughs> um, Lots of like <laughs> moody ambient tracks. Uh, does anyone know who Roxy Music are? Nope. Okay, so Roxy Music are a band in the eighties that Brian Eno was a part of, um, and essentially they he split from Roxy Music because of creative differences. Brian Eno wanted to go down a more ambient um, sort of electronic vibe, and Roxy Music wanted to stick with their new romantics vibe. And then eventually, Brian Eno, I think he started producing music, so he's famous for producing I don't know if you've ever heard of the album uh, The Joshua Tree mm-hmm. is that um, uh, it's a U2 album um, oh yeah U2 that's and he's done a lot of U2 he did Viva La Vida or whatever you know that Coldplay album and okay yeah he did He did me and Earl and Dying Girl yeah 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 he, he did me and Earl and Dying Girl yeah. Lovely Bones Moulin yeah. Rouge Starship Troopers yeah. Brian Eno Starship is like Starship Troopers <laughs> yeah he's, he's like pretty famous for like music stuff Heat, Heat. he did Heat um, oh yeah, he's been doing a lot. Okay, class. interesting. So yeah, he's involved in the show. Pretty, um, pretty cool. Brian is like for British music um, in general. Brian is like crazy important mm. for just production and writing it. Like he's quite a famous person. Cool. 
But can you describe what he looks like? He's got a bald head. There we go. Glasses. I'd, I wouldn't know what he looked like. I've just Googled an image of him. Yes. All right. Just oh. so if I walk past him back on the street, wouldn't have a clue. I'd, I'd think he's maybe. Works at Sainsbury's. Uh, no, business development, <laughs> oh, something right. like the that. Bald head you know. people <laughs> work at Sainsbury's. <laughs> I don't know. Join a listener at Sainsbury's, maybe he's walking to work. <laughs> the um, the last thing is that I'm really excited about this. Heather has just informed me before leaving the house that she started watching Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, that's exciting. I'm really happy about that. That is a, a daunting task. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I've watched that show from the start, well, pretty much. I I know what it is. Yes. I know its sense of humor. And oh, I know yes. where it goes. So not, it doesn't really shock me anymore. But if, I, if I'd never heard of it, I'd never oh, seen yeah. it. Like, I don't think uh, Wholesome Mel would appreciate it, to be honest. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, I'm in some ways, I'm surprised that Heather's, like, into yeah, it. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's, she says she's really enjoying, like, it I mean, it moment. goes places. So. It definitely goes <laughs> to some weird I places. Think, I think the first season's weird because it doesn't have Diane DeVito in. And it's good, but it yeah. definitely is missing that w- that w- odd, oddness that he brings. And he's sort oh, yeah. of, like, yeah. He, he adds the next level, yeah, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, like, yeah. And he encourages a lot of the more weirder jokes. Yeah. That, not less provocative, more just, like, Oh, that's disgusting. The thing with the thing with um, oh, Sonny is I. What happens is when they come out, bring out a new season. I watch. I, I usually wait until it's all out. Yeah. I watch it over like a week, and I'm like that was amazing. And I completely forget about it and just carry uh. on my life. Like there's some things that stick with me. The last episode of the final season was yeah. incredible. I. That, that was like just something else. That was almost like midsummer sort of level of just it's like a, it's a moment, that? isn't it? But, um, did you did you cry? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that inclined. Oh, I, I, what cry. Is this I definitely show? cry. What is it about? Oh, it's something in Philadelphia. Yeah, I've never seen it. Oh, oh Johnny, is that the one with George Michael in it? No. Oh. <laughs> so, always oh, sunny. How do you describe oh, it? Oh my goodness, it's a bite. It's basically. Go on. No, you, uh, you go. You go. It's, you. Go. Uh, have you ever watched Seinfeld or Friends? I've no, I've seen. Oh, them you've clips. gone through like. Uh, this is a imagine, imagine like Friends or something. No, 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 no. But if they are all absolutely <laughs> horrific people, yes, self-centered, yes. don't care about anybody else, and then they're also like they're just getting the hijinks each week. So it's like it's more like Seinfeld or sort of like a. I don't know what else is it like in terms of like a sitcom sort of thing. It's just it is a situation. Is it like The Office? It's so. like Cheers in a sense that they all meet at a bar. Yeah, they, they, they own a they own a bar, like an Irish pub. Paddy's. Uh, Paddy's it's pub. all set in um, in Philadelphia in America, and they're all just like every week it's some they come up with some new scheme or whatever to, to try and I don't know try and get business for the bar or try yeah. and meet women or whatever. But then as it goes on, it gets more and more meta. Oh yeah. Like, and 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 the whole like reality of uh, running a bar just they sort of just forget about that because they don't care it doesn't really matter after the show, and they just it just goes crazy. It goes places. to some weird places. It's very like the humor is very provocative, very in your face, quite uncomfortable. There's at a times. lot. There's a lot of race humor. There's a lot of like like a a sexuality sexual, humor. Se- yeah, sex humor. There's a lot of like alcohol alcoholism uh, humor. Yeah, like, like it's, yeah, it's so it's so weird. It's but, it's great. It's almost like if South Park was really good, and it was like set, like mm. you know what I mean. Where like and the, and as they've gone on in seasons, they they also like try and they try and like think about how 
thing about where culture is at the moment or what's big in the news or whatever and I'll yeah. pull it in. It's not that, not as responsive, not as like, you know, South Park literally takes like Game of Thrones or whatever. Yeah. And they'll, they'll, it's not quite like that, but it's it's very like, they'll, they'll, they'll like definitely talk about stuff that's in that's coming up in the news it, and things. It like. won't be one for wholesome Mel. Oh my goodness, no. I don't think Mel would enjoy it. I just don't think. I think if, Oof. It would be hard. It'd be hard to get her to watch. To, uh, to genuinely, I think the first episode tells you whether you're going to be into it or not because it's what? like it's the first one. It's where <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Go it's on. where D D has um oh yeah that fr- acting friend. Yes. It's anyway, yeah. I, it's it's hard. I would say it's if you don't if you watch the first episode and you don't not not liking it, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, I would it. say like that. That is that tells you whether you're going to be pretty into vulgar. It or not. It's it's disgusting. Yeah. But it's pretty hilarious but it, it's like it is a like you need to understand that all the actors and actresses and stuff here oh, are involved, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. It's, they know that these people are awful human beings yeah basically the whole podcast is just us talking about it flipping there's, there's one scene you know remember Sorry. East Ventura yeah remember when he but he comes out of a rhino in the heat oh yeah, yeah, yeah and he's like naked yeah. there's one scene that's very similar to that where Danny DeVito burst out of a, a sofa yeah yeah, like, yeah. And, it's, and there's like a big party going on like a work yeah, it's party the it's like, he's a, he owns a company yeah and he's, it. it's like a like all the execs and stuff are there and he's just like completely naked and for some it. reason he's like he's like being born out of a sofa but then there's also like whole episodes where it's all musicals and it's oh, like, yeah. they're like really good musical writers as well and they do like a whole musical what was it? Day Man and Night Man and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Like, oh, so oh. good. Yeah, anyway, it makes me want to go back and watch that yeah. again. Yeah. So I'm yeah. excited for Heather to watch it. And have you uh, seen I've been or? so busy this week that I haven't had ch- much chance to watch anything apart from Kill Bill. Um, however, I did, I have been watching a little bit of um, The Thick of It. Been have inspired it? by all the Brexit nonsense going on. And I was thinking, oh, I need to go back to a simpler time. So... <laughs> Went back. It was um, thick of it. Started in two thousand and five. So mid two thousands. It's like it's that sort of like labour era. Height of, of screamo. Yeah, That's what it was yeah. at its most. <laughs> yeah, just just finishing high school. Uh, yeah, height of screamo. It's. Uh, I mean, if you don't, don't know what the thick of it is, it's like a political satire uh, based around like British government, and it's like basically. The first two or three seasons is all centered around uh, a, a one MP um, who's like running running a certain department for the government, and it's like all the sort of like craziness that goes on, and just how like ridiculous it seems like their jobs are, and how like each week there's like some new crisis they've got to divert, so they got to come up with a new policy on the spot to try and like appease the um, government or appease the the press or whatever. And then it's all like the different hijinks that goes on, and like, yeah, it's 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 like actually, when I first watched it, I thought you know years ago I thought this is this isn't what happens really, is it? Obviously, it's just really obviously political satire. But as the years have gone on, and I've rewatched it a few <laughs> times, you're like, ah, oh, actually no, I think this might actually be what it's <laughs> yeah. like. And then recently, you're like, no, definitely this is yeah, what government yeah, I mean, is like. And even I think it's even better. That I go back, I go, I go back to watch it because it's almost like a. Simpler time, bit of rose tinted glasses. I can think, oh, I remember the days. And it's just a bit of you know, Gordon Brown, David Cameron, and they were complaining about this and that, and it was fine. It was like wasn't the, it wasn't this chaos that we're into at the moment. I know. So I mean, I imagine the writer, like, if he looks at like just politics now, he's like, I can't believe well, yeah. this is where it's at. I was joking like years yeah. ago, but so now the, the creator and the and the writer and directed this was a uh, uh, Amando Iannucci. 
and he went on to do uh, Veep, which yep. is an American sort of American version of this, where it's ba- based around the vice president, who's uh, played by Julie Dreyfus, who who's um, who is uh, in Seinfeld. I can't remember. If, oh uh, yeah, she is, isn't what's she? Her name? Oh, I actually uh, have no idea what she is in Seinfeld. I've only watched it a little bit. Anyway, she's amazing. That I, I really like her as an a- actress. She's so funny. She's so she's so funny in a way a lot of women aren't usually funny. She's very very. Um, like physical in her humor, and she does a lot of pratfalls and dancing, and, w- and just looks the fool all the time. Which mm-hmm. is, and she's just amazing. Anyway, oh, do, you, do you not think she's a little bit similar to um, Parks and Rec? Uh, in yeah, her, I guess in so. I guess like, so. Quite, now, yeah, quite similar. yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I haven't seen Veep, and I've, I, but I, because of what watching thick of it, I was like, right, I want to watch Veep. But I have listened to some interviews with the with Julie Dreyfus recently. We've talking about it, and she was saying like. It's got to the point now where they're making the show, and because of what politics is now like, <laughs> over in America with Trump and all that, like it, it's almost impossible to make it to come up with these storylines anymore because like reality is so much more ridiculous than it, you know, than they're able to make on their own show. So yeah. <coughs> so anyway, I'm I'm planning on going to watch that next, which will be um, probably after thick of it. I'll, I'll start watching Veep. So well, looking forward to that. Dave Dave Whitcroft will give you a thumbs up for that. It's a big, big Veep fan. Oh, right, okay, big, cool. Yeah, uh, think of it's probably his favorite TV program. It's, it's HBO program, so I think it'll be on all on Now TV, so I'm going to have a look on there and see. Nice, 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 nice. Awesome. Jay. Johnny, what have you, uh, you watched anything? Um, I managed to squeeze in a short film literally about an hour ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> Get it in for jo- the pod. Johnny's always like his last-minute prep, last <laughs> <minute> <laughs> crunching yeah. before the exam. Um, I'm putting in a sink, but I'm going to put uh, a movie on in the background. Yeah, to, to be fair, could we just explain to our listeners? Johnny has been hard at work most nights, working on a house, built, doing lots of DIY on on his girlfriend's house. Yeah. So if you need to, you know, call if you. So if when you yeah, send plumbing. us emails like feedback, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. If you also want to hire Johnny, yeah. Get, I I tried to call you because I was like I think I'm gonna electrocute myself. Why <laughs> did you try to call me? I tried I tried to call you the other night because I was oh. like I needed to know about like moving a plug and I was <laughs> okay. like I was like I needed some help because I want I wanted to move it into drywall and I was uh, like right. what do I need? But I was just like I'm just doing it <laughs> and it it seems to work it seems to be okay. <laughs> for, <laughs> for things like that, it's fairly simple enough. If you just like. I just got to be really careful in your photograph at all. I wouldn't want to like split anything up or put new lights in unless I knew what I was doing. But um, I think I've got just extending. I've, stuff I've watched the video and I feel like I can do electrics now. I feel like okay. there's going to be a, a certain point in like say thirty or forty years when people look back and like people who are like um, uh, appraising houses, you know, and doing like survey- surveys and stuff, and they go, "Okay, this was the point. Uh, this was the year when YouTube came in. Yeah, <laughs> you see all the DIY people have done doing all the, all the stuff themselves and <laughs> tiling themselves and, all, and anyway, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So you've been busy this week, Johnny? Yeah, I've been doing stud work and plumbing and um, uh, plasterboarding, uh, and I bought a new drill, nice. which is pretty exciting. Uh, two drills: an impact drill and a regular drill. That so makes me. I might have to borrow that impact drill off you at some point. Yes, it's pretty nice to use. Wow, this is a really interesting conversation. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> the impact drill is just insane. <laughs> the power in your hand. It's crazy. Uh, but yes, I've I managed to watch a very short film on Netflix. I literally typed in short film, <laughs> and this one, is good. one, well, two things popped up. There was one, which was based on the uh, series uh, films known as Shrek. You know Shrek. I'm familiar with Shrek. You watched a short film. Somebody yeah, that's the one, yeah. Okay. About, you know, the three little piggies in Shrek, the German three little piggies? 
what and, <laughs> talking about. No, 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 no. I, I watched two things actually. <laughs> Uh, so there's there's a there's a very short film based yeah. on the three little piggies and it's um like a like a play on the tale of the boy who cried wolf ah. and it's got the wolf in it you know the wolf who wears the yeah. the nightgown yeah the, the pink night, yeah. nightgown so it's a short seven minute film I've just realised my flies undone uh, <laughs> it's a short oh. seven seven minute film um <laughs> uh, and it's kind of like Rear Window. Uh, oh, no way. So, so the 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 pigs. One of the pigs uh, has got injured and has got a, a bad leg, and he's up in uh, in his house uh, looking at the the wolf who who's moved in next door through a telescope. And at midnight, uh, the wolf howls and he turns into a woman, and the the woman's a crazy French lady who comes after the pigs. It's like it's quite scary for a, mm. a seven minute kids film. Um, if I was giving it a very quick rating, I'd give it a two and a half out of five. All right, okay. So for a kids, for right. a kids short film. film. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I won't go out and rush and watch it. But what I would recommend is another one which came up typing short films into Netflix called Golden Time, which is about a TV um, that is taken to a dump uh, and has been sort of used for twenty years. Um, yeah, an old, an old box yeah an old CRT TV it's an animation so imagine this big TV with a wooden surround and it's got a little face on the side of it where the wooden surround is with mm-hmm. a little nose and a moustache yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's the story of the TV um, like adjusting to his life in I'll say his its life in uh, the the salvage yard mm-hmm. so there's other characters in it there's a um bucket with a hole in it that keeps leaking there's a little wind up um cat toy that to walk around has to wind itself back up um it's it's quite a good nice little 20 minute film it's got some quite dark moments in it um but i say it's similar to the ending part of the brave little toaster i was, I was about to say we were, yeah, yeah it's because that's one of your favorite oh, animated yeah. films isn't it yeah um, I so was thinking Johnny just loves any, any sort of animated like <laughs> appliances. <Yeah. laughs> as soon as you saw, I was like, "Oh yeah, I love animated appliance films." Yes, yeah. mm. I'd like my TV to come to life <laughs> and start walking about. But to be fair, the Brave Little Toaster is a great, great film, and yeah. so is Toy Story. So I tried to watch it, I couldn't get into it. So mm. no way, real for real. Yeah. What? What was? What was it? What was? I don't know. It's just. Really you know, was it wasn't loving enough, or I think it's just cute, like, or it's quite. I don't know. Just a bit dated and like hard to oh, get he's into. Not dated. He's just not into toasters walking around and telling no, you really. things about Lamps their life and stuff. But I, I just searched. Sorry, I just searched IMDb <laughs> for Golden Time. Yeah, and then this like Japanese anime came up with like schoolgirls and stuff, and I was like, huh? I was like, is this is, <laughs> is this the is this the animated film you're on about? And then I was like, realized quickly, no, it's not. It cannot not. be that. That's pretty cool though. Like, I'd, I'd be up for that. I like the Brave Little Toaster. How long is it? Like twenty minutes. Uh, twenty minutes. Um, it's probably less without the. Um, credits at the end. Is it done by any of the big boys, or is it just like a small independent? Oh yeah, because they tend to do some animators do that, don't they? Do the director is Takayua Iniba, um, but I don't, I don't know who it's by. Called what's it called again? Golden Time. Uh, Golden Time. Um, right. So now we're going to go back to our most popular popular segment, quiz time. Johnny's quiz. Um, so yeah, this week we have a Quentin Tarantino themed quiz. 
So hopefully uh, the boys have been swatting up on their Quentin Tarantino knowledge over the past few weeks. You didn't tell us it would be a quiz. You didn't say there's going to be a pop quiz on Quentin. I didn't say it was going to be on Quentin. I was just going to say, I just said we were going to do a quiz. Right, okay. The Quentin quiz. So Quentin's quiz. We're going up in the world and we have um, oh, got buzzers. So, uh, Aaron, what's your buzzer? It's tricky. Give oh, us a minute. Yeah, again, do it. Sorry. Right, and Ant, what have you got? Sweet. Pretty standard. Okay, Ant's got the buzz, Aaron's got the turkey. So, we've got five questions. <laughs> right. Um, current leaderboard is uh, Ant's winning. Yeah. Um, so, it's 1-0 to Ant on the quiz front. So, It'll question after this. <laughs> number one. Which is Quentin Tarantino's most successful film on opening weekend? Is it Django? No. Goes over to Ant. I'm going to say, oh, let me think. Uh, He's had so much longer to think about uh, this. He went first. Kill Bill. You're both wrong. Oh. The uh, the answer for that one was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with really? a, with an opening weekend of $41 no million. Dollars. Yeah, but I bet that's because like their, their opening weekends now are like a week long, aren't they? They, they stretch them out loads. Uh, yeah, they're, 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 they, they do like tricky little things, but it's still yeah, just as fast as the opening weekend. I remember weekend. the hype for Django was like really big. That's why I was thinking it's got to be Django. I was just thinking what would be the most like popular after... It was really popular after Reservoir Dogs. I guess... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess Kill Bill was quite oh, quite broad as well, but mm-hmm. hey-ho. Mm-hmm. Question number two. Which was Quentin Tarantino's most successful film of all time? Oh, oh. You, I think you beat me. I'll give that to Go you. Go on, Ant. Pulp Fiction? Wrong. What? Goes over to Ant. I just, uh, my name's Aaron, by the way. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> um, I'll get to think about this. Most successful t- film of all time? Yeah. In terms of money. My heart says Kill Bill, but my brain is saying so Reservoir Dogs was cheap, wasn't it, to make? Oh yeah, is that is that part of it, or is it just overall? What it just made? overall, overall in its in its whole existence. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to press you, Aaron. I want to say Kill Bill. Wrong. The answer is Django Unchained. Oh. With it's a must. Hundred and sixty-two million dollars over its uh, life cycle. That's pretty oh, okay. cool. Well, well done, Django. Number three. How many Academy Awards has Quentin Tarantino won? Ooh, I feel like I got that. Gone. Three. Gone, Aaron. Three. Three. Wrong. Four. Wrong. It's five. Oh. Come on, boys. <laughs> We're not good at this, are we? He's, <laughs> he's won. <laughs> Two for Django, one for Inglorious uh, Bastards, uh, one for Pulp Fiction, and one for Hateful Eight. I didn't even know he won one for Hateful Eight. I didn't even know that. Um, it could have been... It, it might have been Best Music, maybe. I can't remember. I mean, right. I'm not <laughs> that deep into it. Clearly, I, I'm not screwed up on this. On this. Have we even got any right? No, no one's <laughs> got any right yet. And I, I don't think you're going to get this one right either. <laughs> Great. Question number four. According to Metacritic... Which is Quentin Tarantino's worst rated film? Ant. Death Proof. Wrong. Oh, what? <laughs> what? Um, this is going off uh, critic reviews. Oh, flip. Critic reviews. Oh, okay. 
I was surprised with it when I read this. Um. Well, kill, are we kind of Kill Bill one and two as separate films? Because Kill Bill two didn't do as well as Kill Bill one. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because it's not that answer. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not fair. Inglorious. Wrong. I don't know. Right, hang on, hang on. I'll, I'll, let me have another go. You can't have another go. You're taking turns until we get it right. <laughs> We're always going to get it right. Oh, go on then. Go on, Eric. Go on, Donny. Tell us. So the answer is Jackie Brown. Really? Yeah. That's insane. It's one of his better films. Crazy, isn't it? But Crazy. maybe the critics are just like not into it. Wait, is it cri- critics rating or is it IMDb rating? No, it was it was off uh, Metacritic. Oh, right. Okay. I, w- I went for a, uh, a more... Reputable uh, um, yeah. film rating website. Although I quite like IMDb. I like Rotten Tomatoes, but hey. Um, so yeah, so we're we're currently at zero 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 zero. I've got I've got one more question. Oh, all right, yeah, hold on, let me get my buzzer back out. Yeah. And yeah, the final trick is may, maybe I've made this quiz a bit too hard. Not really. I mean, we're just not very good at. It. Just don't know all the ins and outs of. Apologies. If it's Brian Eno quiz, it would have been fine. <laughs> Question number five. Who is Quentin Tarantino's wife? <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, just give me like two minutes and... Uh... Okay. Mrs. Tarantino? <laughs> no. What? Well, I presume she's taking his name, but it doesn't say that on the internet. Um, yeah, I just still searching my brain. Oh, you know... Oh. Still, oh, it's really difficult. Uh, oh, uh, it's coming to me now. Oh, yeah. Is, what it is it? That's nice. Dan- Dan- Daniela, Daniela Pick. That is correct. Oh, my goodness. How did I do but that? You, you use Google, no, so I, I can't get. I can't uh, prove give you it. That. Prove it. Prove it. Prove it. Yeah, okay. Aaron. Uh, she's an Israeli singer, and she was in Once Upon a Time uh, in Hollywood. <laughs> uh, uh, she yeah. played uh, Daf- Daphne Ben Kobo. That's class. Is she one of the um, Madsen family women? No, she's the wife, isn't she? She, I, th- I think she's um, Leonardo DiCaprio's wife. Yeah, oh, the wife. Italian. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Italian yeah. wife. So yeah, so oh, that was a bit of a disappointing quiz. No, no right answers there. Mm. Uh, wait, I, I did get the last. Yeah, Aaron, you won. <laughs> you can have a whole point. I feel bad about it. <laughs> so it's, it's still still one nil to uh, Ankara. So, Kill Bill. Kill Bill 1 is my choice for film to review this week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which who, was, uh, who directed it? It's Quentin Tarantino. Oh, oh okay. okay. Interesting. Um, although I, I feel I have a slight advantage um, of it being two films. I, although I've... Well, I, maybe a disadvantage. I, or maybe a disadvantage. More to go wrong. More time to, also, to mess up. If we're, if we're just saying... If we're saying like this week's film is Kill Bill Volume One, you know, not, is that what we're saying, or is it Kill Bill Vol- Volume One? You know, he stated that it was just. I one. just said it was Volume One. Well, then right. it's probably a disadvantage, isn't it? Do you think so? Well, there's no ending, is there? No proper ending. That's. Do you not think? Is not Kill Bill? Yeah, but do you not think? Um, Spoilers. Some, yeah, I don't what know. Spoilers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let, let's delve into it. The bride played by Uma Thurman at the start of the film is uh, in her wedding outfit, mm-hmm. in her wedding dress, and 
we see her get killed by this mysterious character uh, called Bill. It makes it quite clear it's Bill because he, he wipes her face with a handkerchief and it says Bill on it. Doesn't <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I used to have those handkerchiefs, but I like they just get so grim. That's totally something you would have, Johnny. Yeah. You have your own name embroidered into it. Uh, I do, but they're, they're so yeah. rough on your nose. like It gets proper sore. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, fi- the film is Vendetta film. So you mm-hmm. sort of think, when I think Vendetta film, I think Taken. Uh, but this is leagues and leagues above that. The first one's 2003, the second one's 2004. Actually. And, it, and he'd written it, he wrote it with Uma Thurman. Yeah. Well, they came up with the idea on the set of Pulp Fiction. So mm. did you know it's on the credits it said story and characters created by Q and you. Yeah. Afterwards I was like, who is that? Obviously it's Quentin, but who's the it's Quentin it's Quentin Tarantino and you must have They they lived together for for a period of time. All oh, right. Um okay. Quentin Tarantino moved into Yeah. house. Yeah, the, the holy home or something. For a period. Um yeah. so uh, maybe they they wrote it while they were living together. So who did you watch the film with? Heather. Yeah, Heather? me and Mel watched it. You both watched it? Yeah. And did how did they like it? Did they, did well, they think did it you, was okay? Did you watch it with Sarah? Yeah, I watched it with Sarah. Well, how did, how did, <laughs> how did, how did Sarah find it? We have she, a she Mexican was, standoff. Yeah, she thought it was great. I mean, I, I was a little concerned because it's an 18. Yeah. Uh, and the list, uh, the 18 films that she's seen, I could probably list on one hand. Oh, really? Okay. Um, it's mostly yeah. just the violence in this film, isn't it? But do you not think the violence is funny? Well, it's slapstick violence, isn't it? Yeah. It's like we pop it over the top. I, I mean, I guess there is scenarios, like the whole start of the film where she's in the coma and stuff is pretty gr- gruesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you don't obviously see anything, but like what it's like implying is pretty gruesome yeah. and horrible. Um, There's some like nasty thoughts that go on. Mm. Like, like in uh, the second one where she gets buried alive. Yes. Mm, that's yeah. a pretty... Um, Grim. Yeah. Nasty thing. But it's not necessarily like... But it's, but, and it's also quite comedic as well. Yeah. yeah, there's a bit again. We're not talking about volume two, one right now, but volume two, she breaks out of the of the mm. um, of the coffin, and then she walks to a diner, and she's just completely covered in soil and and dust, and she's like, "Can I have a glass of water?" And the guy in the diner, and it's it's pretty hilarious. Like she just like looks so weird out of place. I didn't look yeah. too dissimilar to that after working on your house. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true. Remember that? Yeah. So we 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 were pulling down walls in my in my like old like Victorian house. And we all got completely covered in dust. And afterwards, we were like, <laughs> our ho- ho- all our faces are completely covered in black. That would been down the mines. Yeah, and then we were like, should we go to the pub? So we all went to the pub. <laughs> and we sat in the sat in the pub and we were all covered. And that it was everyone was looking at us a bit. Like weird. ghosts in the corner. Times. So uh, what did uh, Wholesome Mel think of the film? Um, she preferred it to Pulp Fiction and uh, Reservoir Dogs, definitely. Um, she, she actually liked it enough where she was... Asking me, can we watch the sec- sequel? It was like yesterday when we watched it. Um, I don't think she loved it, but she definitely she enjoyed agreed, it. She enjoyed it more than, more the, than the others. Yeah, she got on with it a bit more. And it was like, especially, I think it opens up pretty well as the, the mm. film. Like it opens up, and it's quite, it's quite a funny film. Like one of the first scenes it opens up on is her turning up um, yeah. at the house of the uh, Copperhead, um, the one of the other um, deadly vipers. Deadly vipers. And she's obviously, d- I think, I think she's still. I'm not sure if she's still working as a as an assassin, but she's uh, got a family and a family house and sort of in suburbia. Yeah. And then it's the whole like, 
them fighting in the in, in so the lounge good. and stuff. And then um, and then like the daughter turns up and they're like both agree, okay, we'll just stop. And trying to convince the daughter that it was, it was a dog, and they're both covered in bruises <laughs> so and blood. So and everything. Good. But yeah, like, yeah, like Mel was really enjoying that. I think. Oh well, I, I, I think she seemed like she was pretty. Uh, she was enjoying that sort of aspect of it. It's quite comedic and from that that perspective. Aaron, what did Heather think? Heather hated it. Hated yeah. it. No, she didn't. She loved no. it. If she's seen it before, like she's she's loves. She was actually excited about watching this one again because she's not seen it in a number of years and like she just like loves loves it. Like she when's the last time you watched it? At me. Yeah. Oh my goodness! It was like years ago. When it first came out, or was it? Uh, a bit afterwards? It was a bit afterwards, I think. Like I I remember it coming out and th- that was sort of about the time when uh you'd probably be able to get a copy of the film from from somewhere or like maybe get it from like a DVD shop yeah, or something like that. Yeah, you could rent it. I, re- I remember all like the adverts on TV with Uma Thurman like driving around in the car like where it's all kind of uh, black and white mm. and she's just talking straight to the camera yeah. about like what Bill's done. I don't I don't remember the, the adverts but what I did remember from this film is how striking the movie poster is of it. Like, mm. the, the, like I think for me I think this is his best movie poster out of all his out of all his all his films. Like it's the most striking, it's the most iconic. Mm. Her in the yellow jumpsuit and the samurai sword and stuff like I think, yeah, compared to all his other films, I think that the visual like direction and the, the branding of this film is probably the best, I would say. And it's took it sticks in my head the most mm. um from, from all of them. So I, I that from whenever I think back to this film I think of her in jumpsuit with the with the sword and, and, and especially some of the later scenes in Japan and stuff like it's yeah, <coughs> very memorable. If if you were to like put this film into a genre, what would you sort of class it as? I'd say it's a first off, it's a revenge movie. I'd say it's a kung fu style like action <laughs> film, I guess. It's it feels very anime. Yeah, in some respects. So there's there's definitely Japanese and uh, probably like Korean and also Chinese and, and various other Asian um, countries like that have films like this that are it's, it's it's I wouldn't say it's common but it's a thing that exists in Japan and it has done for years um but this isn't the first type of film like this but it probably is the first type of film to infuse things like anime um a lot of like american cinema and also this like that like type of slasher into it well i i i feel like it's a martial arts Kind of western. It is. I think the se- I, think, I think volume two is more of a western. Yeah. I think it's more of a spaghetti western style thing. Like, I think one is more of a. It's. I don't think. I mean, there is there is that aspect to it, but I think it's a lot more uh, western style in the se- in the sequel when you've got a lot more when you've got Buddy. And, is it Buddy? Bud. Bud and that side of things. It's a, it definitely feels a lot more western styled. Whereas, like, yeah, for me, this is, yeah, like I say, like very like kung fu like. Japanese sort of action film, but I think this is a film with a lot of ideas yeah. thrown into it. Like, you know, when I remember when I was like sort of studying and someone was teaching me how to like sort of like write music and stuff, and they were like, right, so when you get a really good idea, like you stick with that idea and you sort of like drag it out and like work and you know, use that and keep coming back to that and you sort of like watch it grow. Um, and what I used to do, um, which we get told off is like, I mean, because Johnny and I are in a band, and, and quite often, more often than not, like I'll bring a song, and it'll probably be two songs in one song, because I'm I'm quite similar in, in regards to this film, 
in a sense that I like coming with a lot of ideas and I like putting all the ideas in one song because I think it's more fun. Mm. And this is what a perfect example of that. This is it, and it, it works as well, where he's got loads of different ideas, loads of different scenes, settings, like fight scenes, um, anime, da 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 da, all of it. And he just shoves it all in one film and says, I hope it works. And I think, especially in Kill Bill 1, it works pretty well. Yeah, Kill Bill, Kill Bill 1's pretty fast moving. There's lots of stuff yeah. going on all the time. Like, it doesn't dwell on stuff like we've had before this Jackie Brown, Pulp Fiction, and Reservoir Dogs, where we've had massive long lines of like dialogue between characters whereas Kill Bill Volume 1 is really snappy like yeah. things seem to ha- be happening all the time um, there are moments of dialogue but not in the same sort of uh, capacity that it has been in some of the earlier films Kill Bill 2 on another hand is more similar to Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction yeah. in their dialogues I, yeah, I mean Kill Bill 1 is such Yes, you're saying fast moving. So many more people die in that film. Yeah. I think there's something like, I think it's something like 40 odd or 60 odd on screen deaths, whereas in Kill Bill 2, there's like three. Like, it's just very different. It'll be more than pace. that. Because they've got, they got the crazy 88. So it's not all of them die, some of them leave with the limbs. Not, and there's also not 88. Oh, uh, yes, the yeah. There's not actually 88 of them either. But yes. But yeah. No. No, yeah. no. I think they say that in, in, in volume two. They say there's not. They just say they just called it crazy eighty eights because it sounded good. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. We'll get to this at some point. But I preferred volume one to volume two in terms of the pacing and mm. where yep. they, what where they, what where they went to, what they did. Like the I loved. Um, I mean, there's parts of volume two I loved as well. But I mean, I don't know if I want to talk about standout things or anything. We're gonna talk about. But like for me. The whole going over to Japan, getting the the um, sword. Uh, what's it? What's it? What's the Hanzo. sword? Yeah, Hanzo. Hanzo sword. Yeah, Hanzo sword. That whole segment. I love that the levity of that as well. Like so good. It felt very Japanese anime sort yeah. of like yeah, yeah, com- com- yeah. Com- yeah. comedy where yeah, you got yeah. the, the two, the two Japanese guys like arguing with each other and like yeah. complaining that you know I always carry the tea and all that sort of stuff. Um, just if I was in the army, I'd be like uh, a, a colonel by now. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, I would be master. Yeah. <laughs> you still bring me my sake. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I love that whole storyline of her getting a sword, and then like her. It was very. It reminded me a little bit of um, later on. You know, uh, what's the film? The raid. In those oh, sort yeah. of Films where you yeah. got like almost like it's almost like a boss battle sort of yeah, games. Yeah, absolutely. Where you have right, okay. Got to be. She's got to kill these 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 people. She, well, she's got to capture her bodyguard or, or her friend or whatever, and then she's got to like bring her out, and then she's got to kill her kill her bodyguards. Okay, then she's got to kill her ne- the next next boss is coming along. He's got they got to kill like all crazy eighty eight, and then she gets to move on to the final boss or whatever. Whatever. Like, I just love that whole build up and the whole pacing of that. Yeah. And like all the characters they they, they brought in. So what was the the schoolgirl? Uh, is it uh, Gogo or just like she didn't need to be in the film. Like, wasn't it necessary to be a part of the film? There's already tons of characters. Yeah. Mm. But just adding her in this in this film, it made it feel more genuine to what sort of film it was. Yeah. And like it made it just gave like extra dimension to the to the gang that 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 um it, it made the little the universe they've made as a mm. bit bigger and it, sp- it just filled it all out a bit more and it just like made that whole uh, whole like section feel more real. Like it's like even like things where they were showing Oren um. You know, Lucilu like dealing with the other mod bo- mob bosses and stuff. And, like, oh yeah, it's class. Didn't need yeah. to show that, but just showing how she took control and like, you know, it just, just it makes her character so much more 
interesting and then it, and then it allows you to I mean I wouldn't say because there's so many characters I wouldn't say they're all completely fleshed out or whatever they don't, yeah. they don't necessarily feel like really deep like characters but they're, they're more uh, like archetypes and more yeah like, I don't think you need quite, to I sort of feel like the way that it's been edited is because it's quite snappy and moving back mm, and forth yeah. and stuff like they can they can show a character's faith, a face and then go back and just be like this person did this, and this is yeah. why they're the way that they are. How do how do you, do you guys find the nonlinear storytelling again? Obviously, this is this is the fourth film we've seen this happening now in the last few weeks. I think he's he, this film was particular in particular. He had it down to fine art. It I worked think. really well, didn't it? Yeah, yeah I think he, he nailed it. What's so easy to follow? So just for some context, this the both films are originally supposed to be one film, weren't they? and then he got basically got told you can't make a three hours or forty minute film or whatever. You have to split it off into two. Um, by the studio, but I I loved the fact that you I think in most films you'd get the training sequence a lot earlier on maybe in like mm. maybe the f- first or second act of the of the first film. Yeah. But I love and obviously this is happens in volume two, but I love that they pushed it into the volume two to just like give you that backstory to her and like I just I just yeah I really love that that they, they they played around with the timeline sort of like 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 the. It's just really, really, really. I really like the way he does it. Like he just sort of keeps you on edge, and you're not not quite sure where you're gonna go next and stuff. It's just. Like I, really I wonder if like Quentin Tarantino has like all particular scenes on pieces of paper, and then he just moves them around, and just like puts them in a random order, and just be like, okay, this is how I'm gonna make my film. Natural Born Killers. He, um, he wrote it for Oliver Stone, and he wanted it to do it out of order. I th- I haven't seen this film yet, so it's one of those that's on my list of I need to watch. But he, he did it out of order in in the film like, uh, as he wrote it. But then Oliver Stone didn't want to, to do it like that. He wanted to play it, just play it in order. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was listening to an interview where he was talking about how the reasons, like he was saying, like you know, uh, you can do it in certain ways where like at the start of the film, the the, the characters know way more about the fi- about what's happening in the story than the audience does. Mm-hmm. And then in, you know, in part two, uh, the audience learns about like what's going on and then by part three the audience knows way more about what's going on in the story than than, than the, the characters this is you can just do fun things like that with, with, with putting it out of you know not having it in a linear story um, which is what i love about i think i think us i it's one of those things until like i really deep dived into Quentin, and I, I kind of knew with pulp fiction it was very obvious it was like lots of different scenes out of order yeah but I'd, it's sort of one of those things that hadn't struck me quite how well he sort of does that for his other films mm. um and i think it works really really well for this definitely yeah. that, I, I think he moves away from that in his in his later films well like django mm. is you know start to finish there's a couple of flashbacks but hatefully there's some there's there is some stuff that just goes back and I think that 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 still uses it, not as much. It's not as much of a, I guess, a crux or like a, a bit of like a gimmick or whatever. I guess. Mm. But he does he does definitely use it in Hateful Eight. Um, Once upon a time, it's more dream sequences and stuff. I don't know yeah. there is much yeah. time back and forth. Maybe he doesn't want to be known as. Oh, yeah. he's the yeah. guy who does uh, the out sequence films. The Inglorious is flashbacks. Is it mostly flashbacks? Yeah. I think yeah. Inglorious. So uh the film's got four um sorry five uh of the deadly viper assassinations in it but it only really focuses on two uh Lucy Liu's character Cottonmouth and uh Victor A Fox um as uh, Cophead played by Nathan Green and then we see the other um characters later on 
in the films, but out of the two, which was your favourite <laughs> sort of scene to watch? Oh, you know what? Like, very, very different. Very, very different. I think, like, I think I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Lucy Lou scene because it's quite calm. Like, there's n- the the. Oh, the you mean the actual scene towards the end? Yeah, the yeah. Of the garden. Well, if if you if you're talking about like better, you know, better sequences for the two vi- for the different vipers, like, I think because all the way through the film, including the first viper, um, co- copper. Uh, Cophead, like it's like really aggressive, very violent, just like action packed, you know, very aggressive. Mm. Whereas with Lucy Liu, you just had this whole like this acid bloodbath downstairs, and then there's no sign, there's no music, um, it's all very still. There's loads of scenes where they aren't really even fighting; Mm. they're just you're just watching like the background, or maybe just you know the actual uh, Japanese garden itself. And I think. That was a really nice respite, and yeah. it allowed me to concentrate and take in, like, the moment and how big this was for Uma Thurman's Thurman, uh, Uma Thurman's character. And what's your favorite out of the two? I mean, just in terms of those scenes, I, I go with the Japanese scene as well. Probably, uh, actually, you know what? Yeah, actually, out just those scenes. I think actually, I quite liked. Uh, Copperhead, I quite like the whole uh, the, her making Uma Thurman, uh, her making the bride a, a cup of coffee, and then getting a, uh, the daughter cereal, and then shooting through the cereal. It's just like unexpected and stuff. It's quite, it's quite a cool like scenario. Um, obviously, visually and stuff. Obviously, the, the Japanese mm-hmm. garden is beautiful. Yeah. And that I also really like uh, Gogo. The the is it Gogo again? Yeah. yeah. The um, and her little fight scene, really well done. I loved. How they did, how he shot some of the f- weapons and stuff, like where the camera will, like, it will, like, fling around to the bat or, like, a, a, yeah. or the axe or whatever, and the camera will be following it as it's yeah. going through yeah. the air. <coughs> yeah. It's so, I don't know if that, that's been done before, it probably has been, but it was so cool to see it's that. It's awesome. Um, and even, like, when like, she's throwing the ball and chain and the way it's going through the air, yeah. it looks kind of bad and corny, and the way that like, jumping on tables and stuff looks like bad and corny, but it also fits so well with the with the with the feel and the, and the vibe of the film. Yeah, I, that you just sort of go over it. Like it's ridiculous, but whatever. I mean, like she, at one point she stands on the sword. Oh, the master in the second one stands on the sword that she's holding. It looks, <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous, but, but I mean, you just go with it because it's fun. I think, especially because it's set in Japan, it's very ingrained in Japanese cinema. It's not unlike Japanese cinema to have sequences like that. Mm. Um, especially if you look at like anime or. Or any like even question Tiger yeah, Hidden Dragon where yeah. they're doing the you know they sort of float around as a jumping and yeah stuff. like when they're on the you know running along the the banisters and stuff like he's obviously got like a real love for Japanese cinema I think I read a few articles beforehand that he was saying how like he loved like Japanese cinema and, and like Johnny said oh I you know do you want to do a little bit of research into the in the uh, actual animation section and genuinely I think that's probably one of my favorite sequences anyway like um I just love that he's sort of almost like paying homage to Japanese cinema in, in a way and then not only does he do that he has a whole section that just involves like animation and, and anime and I just thought like yeah should we talk about that section as oh, well oh it's class it's so good like like it's I can't think of any other films that do this sort of thing like, yeah it's pretty bold couple, I mean like I think of like there's a couple like Harry Potter does the Deathly Hallows oh yeah 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 that's, that's an awesome sequence mm. there's a there's a couple like there's a few films I can yeah, think of yeah yeah Is that, isn't like there something in uh, Miel and Dan 
Dying Girl, like yeah, Clay yeah, Nation bits yeah, and yeah, loads yeah. like that, but nothing like nothing this as this long involves, and yeah. kind of like. And it gives you the backstory as yeah. well, and it's like it's a really good, good backstory for Lucy, isn't it? For this character, like, do you know, like nowhere else can you get away with shooting someone in the head and just having that pop, you know? Whereas, oh, like, yeah. yeah, like it's just like so thinking, satisfying. What good is that? <laughs> <laughs> Crazy hand cannon. It's, it's like it's almost weird how like you have this sort of like really horrific se- uh, sequence of events that happen to this character and then like you're watching her almost get a revenge and it's like really really violent but mm. because it's in an like in animation it's sort of toned down a little bit and like again when you see them shoot her like she don't she shoots her legs off and then but she even, pops them in the head even the graphic the, the sort of anime style it is anime style but it's also so like the the visual aspect is I don't think I've ever seen quite anime quite like it. It's so like scratched and like angry War, and sort of raw. Yeah, um, I'm quite curious who the Teton Crete is kind of similar to oh, that. Right, okay, um, yeah. There's a few. There's yeah. a few. Um, it few looks different from the Ghibli films I've seen. Yes, <laughs> um, but it does look similar to another few films that you 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 definitely seen one of these films. So it's done by a studio. If you were to liken it to a famous Japanese film, I mean, I would say Ninja Scroll or something. Probably you're close. I think it's the same studio as Ninja Scrolls, but it's bigger than that. You've got, you've had your answer, Johnny. What would you say? Uh, Full Metal Alchemist. F- movie, movie, movie. A uh, movie. movie. Yeah, movie. Not Steam Boy, is it? <laughs> no. Is that Akira? No. It's more like an Akira. Uh, guys, a uh, Ghost in the Shell. Uh, oh, Ghost in the Shell. And then when you, yeah. Oh no, I've not seen the anime. What? Uh, we're not getting into this. Oh again. yeah, <laughs> this is disgusting, listeners. Right, I'm gonna say, and they need to know. They need to know. <coughs> Johnny has seen the American film, and you rate it, don't you? I thought it was alright. Yeah, I thought it was oh, okay. It's just, just flipping disgusting, and uh, he hasn't. Have you seen it? You watched the. Film? Yeah, I watched. Yeah, I watched it. I thought it was alright. I thought it was okay. No, like no. I, I've not, I've not seen the original Ghost in the Shell. But just taking it as its own film, not no. knowing any context. I but it thought, isn't its yeah, own it film. It's okay. It's not its own film, though, is it? So, um, right, so it's like Ghost in the Shell. So that's why you wouldn't have got it. It's pr- production uh, IG is the studio. So Quentin directed it. He obviously got some of the, the key animators for um, the studio to help help write it and also help like um, design it. But he did most of the legwork on it. Mm. But if you'd have seen Ghost in the Shell, they're not. <laughs> obviously, one was made in the nineties and one was made in the eighties, but yeah, they're quite sort of dark, dreary and quite similar in, in some ways. So you've heard us talk about Kill Bill. Um now it's time for us to figure out between us which is the best Tarantino film that we've watched <coughs> so far. We've only watched four films. We've watched Kill Bill, Volume One, we've watched Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So <coughs> I think how we best rate the films is if we go around the table. We've got four films. Yeah. If we start from the lowest to the highest yeah. and each go around and say which are choices and then hopefully we will figure out who is the winner. So you're saying like fourth place, what would so our fourth place be? So yeah, so how about how about we, we write we, we write it down first and then we <laughs> review so we can't change our minds halfway through. Right, okay. So, Aaron, what were you putting as number four? Once. And? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And same for me, Once Upon a yeah, Time in so Hollywood. I'm going to say, I, it's a good <laughs> film. 
And I think if I, I want to rewatch it because I think there's more to get, get out of it. But in terms of what I enjoy and what I like about certain films, I don't think it it holds up. It, with it just yeah, it isn't. It isn't. It doesn't have the panache that his older mm. films have. The vavavoom. Yeah, you've got to be really in a a kind of a film snobby sort of. I'm going to sit down and really get the most out of this film that I can. Yeah, uh, and maybe sort of maybe mood. there's some stuff that's going over my head that I'm not seeing with it, and maybe the. I mean, I'm sure on some other people's list that it could be higher up, but mm. this is our list, isn't it? So you know, yeah, the best list. <laughs> Number three, third place. Where things start getting a bit <laughs> uh, okay, so it feel I feel disgusting saying this, but it's because it's in it's in a hat with a lot it's in the ring with a lot of good films, and it, I don't think there'd be anywhere else in the face of this planet where this would probably come up and be and be put in there, but Pulp Fiction is my third choice. Really, yeah, Pulp Fiction? Yeah, Pulp Fiction is my third choice. Wow. Okay. I'm wondering if that's uh, strategic. <laughs> nope. Uh, I would say Reservoir Dogs. I'd unfortunately say Reservoir Dogs. That's fine. That's fine. I knew that. I knew that, boys. I knew like, it was going to be difficult. Again, all that film, I think it's r- really well done and characters are all really interesting and stuff. But I just think it's it it needs it, it's lacking something extra. It needs it needs mm. a bit something else happening for me that makes it, that sort of elevates it. And and also, uh, like I talked about last week, it's all it is a little sort of a perfectly wrapped up film it's yeah, yeah yeah but it does feel like in scale and what's and what i want from a film it does feel a little bit like mm. i think for a, for a first film from a director you know it's a it's a real great big triumph really mm. oh yeah like for for that to be your first film and to be renowned as you know but he one, was obviously he was obviously gonna go on like cause that, if that's your first film and then Pulp Fiction shoot your next film like he was always going to be he was always destined for like great like, things I mm-hmm. think as a fil- this is going to be where I sort of start you start you can see uh, you can see gaps in my armour as a film I think Reservoir Dogs is probably better than Kill Bill Volume 1 in terms of like as an actual like if you look at it it's a stru- structured as a film and like it all wraps up and you know but I just way more I just way more enjoyed Kill Bill to Reservoir Dogs, and I think for me, I just if I'm just going for gut reaction or gut feeling, it has to be third for me. Now that you Reservoir Dogs is third, yeah, are you gonna now you have to pick your second place? I guess do you go with Aaron first, or do you want to go with? Do you want to go? I with wouldn't choose me first. Okay, well, you yeah, wanna, you want to go first. So yeah, okay, so my second my second place is Pulp Fiction. I think it's a fantastic film. I think it's a great film. Okay. Um, there are loads of iconic scenes in it, um, like uh, like the dancing scene with Emma Thurman. Don't do me like this, Aaron. <laughs> um, yeah, the dialogue scenes are fantastic, um, but in comparison to Kill Bill, it's just a much easier watch. Um, you can relax a bit more, and you can just let the film. What Kill Bill is. Yeah, for for me, like I don't really have to think about it too much. It's just easy to go and it's it's a vengeance film. Um, you can just let it run over you, and it's just enjoyable. There's like high adrenaline and action, and yeah, just lots of really cool sequences. Ant. I mean, it's Kill Bill for me. But second place. Yeah, I mean, Volume One, 
maybe if you put them both together, then someone again like got someone to edit them down so it's a reasonable length. Mm. Like it would be one film, but for me, Kill Bill Volume One as a whole film, it it, it stops at the end and you're like, okay, I want the next part. Where's the? It's not a, it's not like a complete film. It needs it. It was too long, mm. chopped up into two, and it, it suffers for that. In my opinion, it's my opinion. Yeah, it's. A, I, mean, I mean, I loved it. I, I don't get me wrong. It's it goes down so smoothly. It's so it's like really easy to watch. It's really fun to watch. It's it's like I, I enjoyed it way more than. Well, it's a lot more enjoyable than like Reservoir Dogs and Once Upon a Time. Yeah, and like there's aspects of it that I loved. But I just think as a film, it, it just doesn't hold together for me as a complete package. I have I have got replies for that, but I just want to show you when I knew. I'll just show you the scene when I when I knew, I knew I just like knew that I was like, oh, this is it for me, right? Uh, the silhouette scene. Silhouette scene. Fighting in the in the nightclub. So essentially all the way through the film, like you've had these like different sort of like setups, different scenarios, and the film would completely change stylistically. Mm. And then, and I was like, "Oh, this film is so good! It's so good!" And then you think this was this fighting kind of ebbs a little bit and calms down, and then he just hits you with the silhouette scene. And I was like, "That that's also oh. that also happens in the se- in the second one, where yeah, she, the tra- she's training, training, and it's yeah. like, and it's like they're like she's matching the the masters." In fact, the second one I could probably could have done a bit more of that of the master and trainee sort of stuff. That was really good. Yeah, you know, originally Tarantino wanted to play the master. Oh, <laughs> I know. Nice. And, wow. and someone talked out, talked him out of it. But could you imagine? That would thank, be so thank bad. You, thank you. Whoever you oh. are, you are a genius. You know what? It's, you know what's funny as well. The fact that he's not in this film makes him <laughs> better as well. Yeah, he is. it does. Wait, he is. He is in the film. He's in. He's in all of his films. What? Who is he in this? I'm not sure. But he's in the background. Oh, okay. Well, at least he's in the background. Maybe something like a. Okay, maybe so, one of the sorry, dancers. go on, Aaron. You, you're talking so, about so this scene. Yeah, you were saying. No, that, I just think like that's when I knew. That's where like I knew I was like, oh, uh, this is my this is my number one film. Yeah. Like this is like I obviously love Japanese cinema. I love anime. I love like Japanese culture. Um, and it's weird because we haven't really touched on no. the at all in the podcast. But when we have like the episode, like a Ghibli episode or like a, a, a Japanese animation or a Japanese film episode, I'll I'll go gung ho on it. But it he takes all these like amazing boxes, but just artistically, artistically, this film is just beautiful. It's just beautiful. It's ridiculous. Style of a substance. I'm saying. Um, <laughs> okay, fair enough. Right, fine. Fine, fine, okay, whatever. But, but, sorry, go, go on, go on, go on. Go on. Go on, go on but, but your argument to say that, well, yeah, but it doesn't end, and it's like, but that's, that, I think that's okay. Like, it's like, if you were to say, say we would bring The Matrix, like, The Matrix has two no, other films. No, no, like, no, because The Matrix <laughs> has an ending. If you stop The Matrix, it's Matrix 1. But that, that isn't the it. ending. Hang that on, isn't the hang ending. Hang on, no. hang on. If you would have finished that and never made another Matrix film, you would have been content. If you would have finished this film and not made another a, a sequel or made the continuation of the story, then you'd have been like, well, they didn't kill Bill. It doesn't make sense. I mean, this is this is partly because Johnny chose Volume 1. If you had chose both of them, I would have felt maybe because it's like... I, I, I specifically said Volume 1. Yeah, exactly. Time constraints and I everything else. But the, Volume one is better than volume two. Though. It is better, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is better, but it just doesn't have anything. Okay, fine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, whatever. Okay, go on. So you, so you're going with 
Paul Fuchs is my second. Is my second choice. Sorry, well, Reservoir Dogs. Tensions have got really like. No, not really. Like again, yeah, you've got to think. It's a, it's a you guys do me over. I believe this. <laughs> we didn't gang up. <laughs> it's written down. It's written down. Yeah, it's written down. Okay. Okay. I've already said what I've said about this. Yeah. Thanks for watching. Let us know what you thought about <laughs> Quentin. Watching, listening. Uh, let, us, <laughs> let us know what you think of our Quentin <laughs> Tarantino hidden cam- hidden um, uh, season. And we will be back soon. So you can follow us on Instagram. Um, you can follow us at MovieQuestCast. And you can email us at MovieQuestPod at gmail.com. You can do. Right. And yeah, I'll see you next time. See you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.